Another business hit with a ransomware attack. Issues with cybersecurity have shut down yet another Midwestern company. The data breaches put the information of millions at risk. Here to give you peace of mind in an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. This is your weekly tech in. Hello, world. This is Patrick Souls, the founder of Soul Tech Solutions, and welcome to the Weekly Tech In Podcast, where we give you peace of mind working with an industry that moves faster than the speed of light. So the jig is up. Uh, Microsoft has officially confirmed that we are all idiots and Windows 12 is not coming this year. All the things that we thought Windows 12 might might have hinted at Windows 12 being on the horizon turns out are going to be a part of the update called Windows 11 version 24H2, which to me sounds more like the designation for a droid in Star Wars than it does a Windows version. But uh, hey, um, this is... <laughs> it's probably good news uh, in that we're getting very significant. We've been excited about what we thought was going to be Windows 12 uh, since we started having rumors and hearing rumors about it um, last year uh, during the holiday season. And uh, those changes are still happening. They're just now happening to the version of Windows most of us are already running. So that is very much, very much a good thing. Um, key point here this is going to be a very short bit but uh because I've, I've talked a lot about this it's very ai driven um and we are currently in a situation in the world where if you are not using ai tools you will be left behind it's here whether you like it or not so you might as well embrace it and embrace the productivity and uh the uh, the usefulness of it uh, while you can and you will only be able to do this if you upgrade to Windows 11 now, there's a very good chance that uh, not too long after 2.4H2 is released, uh, <clears throat> they're going to stop doing the free upgrades from Windows 10 on computers that had Windows 10 installed and meet the requirements for Windows 11. I, I've been hearing that's that's the option's already been taken away in uh, on, on a lot of uh, consumer computers. So. Um, moral of the story, exciting things on the horizon and we don't have to pay more for it as long as we're already on Windows 11. So if you need help getting on Windows 11 in your business or in your personal life, talk to your local neighborhood know-it-all. And uh, if you uh, aren't working with an IT provider in Northwest Ohio, get a hold of me at contact at soltech.solutions. Data is the lifeblood of businesses. I think we've all understood this at this point in, in uh, 2024 and then very much in the 21st century now. <clears throat> Data uh, fuels operations, it fuels decision making, it fuels customer interactions, um, and that is all very, very good stuff. Um, the problem with that is it becomes very, very valuable uh, to very bad people. The repercussions of a data breach uh, we usually talk about immediate costs, like how much does it cost to recover? If they're asking for a ransom, how much does that cost? Which don't pay that ransom, please, God. Um, and we talk about uh, cost of recovery, uh, hidden costs in the realm of like having to pay people who can't currently work while things are being recovered um, and making sure your employees are still paid. Uh, things of that nature. Um, but I just recently read a kind of haunting statistic, and that is 51% of data breach costs occur within the first year of an incident. 
51% of all the costs associated with a data breach happen in the first year. A full 49% happen in year two and beyond. So this is not something that uh, you, you'll deal with once and then you'll recover from it. I think this is really why most small businesses go out, uh, what is it, like 61% of small businesses go out of business within six months of a cyber attack um, is, is because they are not prepared for how long reaching these uh, costs can be. And some of them are like, where you're really not going to expect this kind of thing. And I think when you're, when you're feeling like a victim um, and it's, it's like, uh, for example, the cybersecurity beach back in 29, who cybersecurity beach. That sounds nice. The cybersecurity breach at first American back in 2019. Um, I won't go into the details of the breach itself, but uh, in 2023. So several years after the New York Department of Financial Services imposed a $1 million fine at First American for not uh, taking all the measures they needed to to safeguard clients and personal data. So some of the costs aren't even coming from the threat actor or from recovery or internally. Some of these costs are because at this point you are considered liable if you are a business um, that has a hack happen. Uh, and then there are hidden costs in things like reputation damage. This is a big one. Um, there's a certain password uh, keeper that most people don't use anymore, try not to use, and they avoid because of this. Uh, their reputation has been uh, damaged beyond repair, it seems like, uh, because it's a password manager and they had two data breaches so far. Um, and that, the damage done by those breaches, like no one's passwords were really leaked as far as we know, um, as far as they're telling us, I suppose. Uh, but still you have that, they carry that reputation with them. Uh, and they have seen a significant decrease in, um, in subscriptions and, uh, and users because of that. And depending on your industry, you could be seeing lots of regulatory scrutiny, just like we talked about in that first American case. Um, the powers that be in in your industry uh, see you as the one responsible, whether you were the victim or not. Um, well, I, mean, I guess in every case you are the victim, right? If you're the, uh, targeted by a cybersecurity attack. Um, but uh, they, the regulatory authorities really do see this as, well, it's because you didn't take the proper steps to secure that data. You took that data and they didn't protect it. Um, and so that you can be completely isolated in the industry. You can be fined out the nose. Um, it's, <laughs> I mean, like it, it really depends on the, on the industry, I suppose, uh, the power that regulatory authorities have, but like, I mean, this, this will shut down careers for health professionals. It can get that serious. Uh, we've, we've talked before about operational disruption, so I won't go into that too much. Um, but then you start to see things like customer churn, um, where like uh, that password management company that I mentioned a little bit ago, uh, people don't stay on it for very long. They have to do a bunch of marketing to acquire new ones. And then those new ones hear about, oh, there was data breaches. And so they leave and find a different one. Um, that is going to happen in like every industry uh, that is uh, public facing. You were, if, if you were the victim of a cyber attack and people hear about it, 
they're going to avoid you. And then you're going to have to try really, really hard to recover that number. And there's still a good chance that people will still hear about it afterward and uh, they won't stick around. So uh, we're at a point in 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 our our time in our era that data protection cybersecurity all of the above uh it's not a luxury anymore it really is um a necessity uh it, i i think in every case of of cybersecurity insurance coverage i've seen it requires you to prove that you're taking certain measures to protect that data because insurance companies aren't going to to cover that sort of thing just because you paid for them for it. That's not how insurance works. Um, it's, it, it, it is now, I want to say it's almost like a utility. You have to, you have to expect it on your expense sheet now. So, uh, I encourage you if you are a business owner or a, um, a managing professional at any sort of business and you have any sort of questions about your, uh, your cybersecurity, uh, and how well you are protected, please, please reach out to a professional, um, a, uh, a consultant, a cybersecurity consultant, or someone like me, an IT service provider. Uh, in fact, if you want to reach out to me directly, that's fine. Patrick at Soltech.Solutions with any questions you might have, uh, and we can con- continue the conversation that way. But uh, like I said, we're at a point where it is a necessity. So uh, if you... Um, if you have any questions, like now's the time to take action. Can you imagine a world without cookies? And I'm I'm not talking about the sweet treats, but I'm actually talking about the little bits of of uh, data on your computer in your internet browser that uh, report back to the uh, the web owner or whoever put those cookies there. They call them third party cookies if they're not uh, from the website that you visited. There's been a lot of talk recently about moving to a completely cookie-less browsing experience, um, which I'm, I think it's it's a little weird for me that we're talking about it a lot recently because uh, this is not new news. Um, as far back as 2019, Google was talking about planning on completely uh, or, or at least limiting third-party cookies in Google Chrome and then Firefox, Mozilla uh did the same thing for Firefox, except they actually finished that year. They eliminated third-party cookies. And then uh, Safari, if you are um, an Apple user, uh, as I think it was 2020, they uh, eliminated eliminated third-party cookies completely. So, like, this is not a new thing, but Google, who has, oh, God, um, 60-something percent of the browser market share with Google Chrome, uh they uh they've been releasing marketing statements about how they are going to be phasing out um cookies third party cookies in chrome entirely they they used to say we were going to limit third party cookies and now they're saying we're going to remove cookies from the browsing experience completely now here's the thing they first said this a similar thing back in 2019 and then they said uh okay we're going to completely phase them out by 2022 and then 2022 they said no we're actually going to completely phase them out in 2023 and then last year again they're like all right so we're going to completely phase them out at the end of 2024 so (laughs) most of us aren't holding our breath at this point um whereas uh microsoft on the other side of things with edge has said well you either opt in or you opt out and that's it you either have third-party cookies or you don't and i think by default uh, the setting is yes. 
you get yeah you allow third party cookies um but also when you set up edge there's a whole screen that goes through all of that um i think most people using it though aren't they're they're not they're just going to keep hitting next because they want to <laughs> use their internet browser right so uh we're we're in a weird place with it right now um but where as far as like google now testing they, they started this in january a version of chrome that was completely cookieless for one percent of its users um and so far positive feedback so this is a good thing um what why is this an issue it, this cookies are the thing responsible for you looking something up on one website and then finding out what information you want whatever you don't buy anything you don't go further past that point but then later when you're browsing for something else you see ads for the thing that you looked up earlier right so that's the cookies are powering that that's it's it's powering the ad services um to feed you content uh that should technically be relevant to you because you've been looking for it and you've visited those sites or, or what have you the problem being for most people myself included it makes us feel like we're being spied on <laughs> like no one should be paying attention to what i'm doing on the internet uh <laughs> because like that's it's it's not for everyone it's i'm i'm it's not that i have weird that you're gonna find a lot of computer world articles and 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 <laughs> that kind of thing i get a lot uh well actually i don't get a lot of ads because i use safari and it doesn't allow third-party cookies but i was gonna say i used to get a lot of ads for like uh video games of course because i'm a nerd like that um <laughs> and then like computer uh, uh components like uh, cool keyboards and mice and internals and <coughs> power supplies and <laughs> stuff that most people aren't interested in um and it's like that it just feels icky right like that's the word that comes to mind is that it feels icky uh and generally people agree with this people don't like feeling like their their internet activity even if it is completely legitimate honest and and above water no one should be tracking it um and so um, the manufacturers or uh, developers behind browsers are in agreement with them and they're moving that direction. Now, where does this become a problem? Why are you talking about it, Patrick? Well, because businesses of all size currently use third-party cookies to keep track of uh, demographics on who's viewing their ads so they can target their marketing um, to retarget people who have been to their website but didn't purchase anything to retarget them with ads on that same thing they looked at before um, it's I mean it's a, it's a vital part of internet ads and and uh, digital marketing right now uh, and this doesn't just affect uh, you know big enterprises this affects small local businesses as well so uh, if you are a business owner or someone in digital marketing or some someone in a small business who's worried about this what do you do about it because they're just taking it away um so here's the thing all of the companies that are responsible for a, well, i don't want to say all of the companies a lot of these companies are responsible for whether or not you can receive third-party cookies are also the ones who are handling ads anyway. Um, Google and infamously, infamously has the knowledge graph, um, which is their basically database on everything everyone is looking up. And so they will track you and advertise to you using the information they're collecting through things that are not cookies. Facebook will do exactly the same. Uh, so as a business owner, if you are not, uh, if you are not using Facebook pixel on your website, 
you need to use Facebook Pixel on your website. Um, it, it's not a cookie. It, it doesn't save anything on person's computer. It doesn't uh, identify them uh, outside of their Facebook account. So uh, it's <laughs> it's not quite the same as just keeping track of literally everything you're doing on a website using a third-party cookie. And then there's, there's other uh, sorts of um, advertising you can use um, that ad services are allowing like contextual targeting, which is actually, this is how I think it should be. This is... I think the most ethical way to, to target someone with digital ads, uh, contextual targeting serves ads based on the viewing platform and the content around it. So like if I am on Newegg looking up computer parts, then I get ads for computer parts. If I am, uh, on an Android tablet looking at Samsung's website, I'll get ads for Samsung phones or tablets, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, if I'm using an ad served app on a smart TV, then I'm going to get ads for movies and TV shows and nothing else. That is contextual targeting uh, of digital ads. And I think we're going to see a much uh, a steeper rise in the amount of people using contextual targeting. And I think Google ads is already making that like a default option for uh, for some of your um, uh, ad. What's that called? Is it ad choice? I don't remember their their website ads thing. But uh, <laughs> so I'm not talking Google ads as in the things that show up in Google searches. I'm talking about the ads, Google powers that show up in on the sidebars of your websites. Uh, and to me, it makes a whole lot more sense because uh, <laughs> I'm not going to be clicking an ad for, um, <laughs> I don't know, a, a, a child's toy because I was looking at uh, something for a niece or nephew for Christmas. Uh, and I'm not going to click that ad while I'm browsing, you know, the verge for news for this podcast. Um, but if I'm looking up that for uh, a toy for a, a niece or nephew, and then <laughs> in the ad space on that website is an ad for a toy that looks cool, I'm more likely to click it. So it all makes sense, I think. But uh, so initially for business owners, a, a cookie-less world looks scary, but we're going to be okay. We can we can work with it, and we have alternatives. And for everyone else, you get a little bit more of your privacy back. There you have it for this week's tech. And if you have any questions about what you heard in today's episode, or if you have questions you'd like answered in a future episode, please feel free to reach out by emailing questions at soltech.solutions. And until then, thank you for listening. This is Patrick, logging out.